2: Here we are, final hour of the show of the week as well for us here on the Carmichael Dave Show with Chase Ross. Carmichael Dave feeling better, but not quite back with us. Brendan Nunez, our Sacktown Sports Kings
1: insider in studio. Wow, how did this happen? I decided I should wake up early a little every once in a while. You yeah. know, you're inspiring, Jason. <laughs> yeah. I gotta try to keep up a little bit.
2: Um, early. What's early for you? Seven thirty-eight. Uh, I mean, it's still early. Yeah, it is. To Be early honest. Yeah, yeah, I'm a night owl.
1: I, th- I feel like that's kind of the nature of it, which it is. is why you're just unbelievable.
2: Well, um, I am a night owl in general. I have to be. Like We have right. to be. But yeah, this yeah, the morning stuff is weird. Yeah. It's weird. I still marvel every morning. Get on here. We have, I don't know, decent amount of people that are here waiting to listen to the show at six. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Why are you awake? Right. What do you do with your life? Well, but I'm up and you. at it. You are. And we appreciate you being here. Uh, We got a lot to discuss today. Uh, I wanted to ask you this. We'll start here. We just did a three in the key, which is predictions on uh, tonight's game. So I want to add you to our list. Um, So the first one, the first category we are looking for tonight is the first basket scored by the Kings and the last one. What would be your prediction for tonight? Who makes the first hoop? And just so you know, I said Barnes, the last one Lyles, Chris said uh, Murray and Monk for first and last.
1: Yeah. First one, let's go. Let's go Sabonis okay. for the first one. Because
2: we still don't know at the moment about Fox,
1: yeah, correct? right. Okay. still unsure. So I think we're all hedging our bets there. Totally. Yeah, it seems like I'd imagine he'll go through yeah, pregame just like he just did, like last, he did game. last game, and we'll see.
2: Okay. So last one could be an indicator last whether one, you think it's yeah, I know I'm not. a little
1: tempted to pick like a deep bench player. Yeah. Let's go
2: with... In a negative way, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with Malik. Okay. Let's go with Malik. So we've got two Monks to finish there. All right. How about... Uh, two guys in the starting lineup that are up and down this year barnes and herder they've been a little better lately i guess but uh point total for barnes and point total for
1: herder tonight for barnes i think we're gonna go nine okay for herder we'll go 15 15 okay and then
2: the last one is (laughs) i knew we'd get the three random stat. so i went with trey lyles will be the leading bench scorer. Chris said that Herder would hit four or more threes today. So something different, an odd prediction you're going to make for tonight.
1: Okay, let's go Malik Monk will have two blocks. Oh,
2: okay. And usually those are probably pretty emphatic and good ones. They are, yeah. They might yeah, be no. fouls, you know, and yeah, hopefully we beat. get a coach's challenge in there or yeah. something to help me out. Still counts. There you go. A quick version of three in the key. Um, yeah, so what? what do you think about Fox tonight? Just kind of give it a go and see if he can play.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a competitor. I think if he can, as long as he gets the okay, he's going to go out there, as long as there's no issue of potentially you know, worsening anything or re-aggravating or anything like that. But after the Miami game, when it happened, he kind of banged knees in that, I believe it was three minutes left in the second quarter, it might have been the first, um, finished the game, only hobbled for maybe next couple possessions, really, went out there and finished. And after the game, he said he was fine. He just kind of banged knees, but he's never really going to tell us. Like mm-hmm. I said, he's a competitor. I think he's going to try to go, but it's really there's no way to really know but minnesota's dealing with the same thing with ant
2: yeah and um you know he did play in the last game that he played he missed the one before that so or left the one before that we do know i think kyle anderson will be out tonight but Mm -hmm. uh there i mean from
1: 42 and 40 to 42 and 17 that's ridiculous their turnaround they started 17 and four yeah i believe this year and i've been watching more of the top four of the west recently trying to make sure okay who's potential postseason matchups and you look at minnesota man and it's like this is a championship roster, yeah. really. Every guy that comes on the floor, you know, you see Nikhil Alexander-Walker come off the bench, elite defender. Kyle Anderson can do the same. Monte Morris they just traded for. Every single guy that comes on the floor, Nas Reed, is mm-hmm. almost like a six, eight, nine, however big he is, Malik Monk in a way, mm-hmm. sometimes out there. They have absolutely, I, I feel like, a championship roster, elite defense. They can be a little bit sloppy offensively, though. They turn the ball over. I think that would really help the Kings in this one. The Kings are good at forcing turnovers, sort of mucking the game up, try to get out in transition on the other end. So to me, the big thing to watch is if De'Aaron's out there, mm-hmm. I think the Kings will be able to score. That's a big if, but yeah. I think their offense is good enough that they're able to do that. To me, the end to watch is Minnesota's offense compared to Sacramento's defense, where both good, kind of had some struggles.
2: Yeah. And, you know, they've kind of finally figured out that, well, Towns didn't play that much last year, in fairness. He was hurt, but the Gobert Towns kind of tandem. And if that parallels the last two games at all, Brennan, where I thought Miami could throw a couple of different bigs or at least post up guys that bother, they were seeking out Barnes and Herder and Monk and whether it's Jaime Hawkins or Kevin Love or, or, or Bam. Like they, they had too many post-up guys and then Jokic and Gordon in the dunkers, like two bigs that can function offensively looks like trouble for the Kings to me.
1: It does. And, but I think there's, there's both sides, right? Mm -hmm. The Kings have to deal with their size, but also at the same time, Carl Anthony Towns has to run through screens, chase Harrison Barnes around. And as I'm talking, maybe I should have given him more than nine points, (laughs) but I think that that's a big aspect here is, is that it really does play both sides and, Carl Anthony Towns has adjusted a lot offensively. He's going to be trouble. But at the same time, his shot selection, I think, sometimes can be things that you could live with a little bit. And I think Harrison Barnes does a good job battling, sort of getting into bigger guys like that. So I do think it'll be challenging for Sacramento on defense. But at the same time, Cat chasing through screens, like yeah. I'm saying, I think is an area of advantage for the Kings.
2: The So when the Kings defeated Denver going into the break, I loved that win. Uh, came out of the break, beat San Antonio. And then when they backed it up with the win against the Clippers, I think that was the first time I felt this year. I said, you know what? They might be able to do something in the playoffs. And and I don't want to say they – because there's been other times they've played well this year. But I'm like, all right, we're getting later. It looked like just a different focus and intention. I'm like, yeah, this group could. This group could. And then the last two games happened. I went, well, did they just fool me? Or is – I mean, this really feels like the year. It's just – what night is it? And you go, that's a good version. The other one, like, yeah, they're not very good.
1: It's been the thing all season long. Like yeah. you said, I was just listening on the way in. Kevin Herter went on a, a podcast recently, Evan Turner, Ego and he's talking about it too. He's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, we beat Denver three times this year and then we lose at home to the Hornets or yeah. the Pistons and it doesn't make much sense. And sometimes you do have to point to effort a little bit, or I, I don't love the word effort. Cause I it's not either. like these guys aren't trying, yeah. but more so like engagement. Yeah. Right. It's, on these closeouts that keep getting talked about, the poor three-point defense, Kings give up the worst three-point percentage in the league. It's knowing where you're going to rotate before it happens and being proactive with it rather than reactionary. Yeah. And that half a second difference makes everything in the NBA, and I think that's more so what we're talking about when it's like quote unquote effort, yeah. right? So I think there's definitely variance there, and also I, I still think this team is as good as their offense takes them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so much better when they put up 120 plus, and. The shots need to be going down, and and sometimes I think that there's almost a little bit too much of an emphasis on improving the defense that it could be harming the offense a bit, and I get that that's a postseason thing. I understand why Mike Brown's doing that, but I do think there has been kind of pros and cons with that this year, but you really don't know what you're getting on any given night, and I was hoping post-All-Star break, that after those two, okay, now you need some momentum. It's all about who's playing the best basketball at the right time. Yeah and we're still going through some of these inconsistencies.
2: Yeah, and I, I totally understand the thought process by the organization and the team. Like, if, if the group is back, they've got to be better defensively. Get that as a blanket statement. But I'm with you on the the rest of the league is caught up offensively, and where they were special was offense. And I still think that's the best thing they do. So, I mean, what, what the argument is, if they played good enough defense with a good offense, is that the best version, or could they be elite again offensively and get by defensively. Like, what would be better suit them? And I'm kind of leaning towards the offense.
1: I am too, but I... Without ignoring... You know, you can't ignore the defense. Right. I I don't know that there's a right answer between the two. I think, ultimately, both answers. You're probably a second-round team at best. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But I don't really know what the answer is. And I do think that Mike Brown and, in general, this organization should be more focused on the future rather than this year. Not to say that this year doesn't matter, but... Some of it is about development. If you're demanding this defense, that's going to matter more. That'll carry over into next year when you make your roster upgrades. that will maybe help the offense, and and both of those can kind of coexist. So I definitely lean towards you, too, but I understand where Mike Brown's coming from in you know moments like Kevin Herter after last game clearly wasn't very happy with his minutes. He yeah. said, I wish I could have been out there more. And there's 15 times this year he's played less than 20 minutes compared to six last year. And I think that's the defense-offense thing to me. You know, Chris Duarte starting earlier in the year. And I get it. Miami picked on Kevin Herter. They did. I mean, Hawkeyes, just ISO. And those are tough shots. Like, Kevin's not doing a horrible job. But he's the weakness defensively. And so I I get going in a different direction sometimes. But what are you sacrificing here? And I lean a little bit more towards you. But I get it.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I I think they're still this late into the season, too, kind of. Fit, trying to figure that out, the best combination of of what everyone can provide, but yet Mike Brown. I mean, again, and it's not like it's completely broken. That's the weirdest thing right. about this year. I mean, thirty three and twenty five would have been great last year. It's just this year that's eighth, and with the Warriors and Lakers right behind them right now.
1: Yeah, and I think you know what you're getting from Sabonis nightly. Mm-hmm. There's some nights where maybe. There's probably like five games this year at most, right? He's as consistent as it gets. Yeah. De'Aaron, a little more variance, yeah. But, but still, you know consistent. what you're getting, yeah. At least as a baseline. Yeah. After that, you don't really know who you can rely on consistently. Eventually, they want it to be Keegan Murray, and I think you see nights like that. I think tonight's a big night for Keegan. Mm-hmm. I think the mid range is going to be really important with Gobert in the paint. Keegan showing that off a little bit more, especially with De'Aaron not there, but. You know, you you look at Keegan, like I said, a little inconsistent. Which is year two, it's fine. That'll that'll get better in time, in my mind. Malik Monk might be the favorite for six man of the year. He's been kind of inconsistent as well. On nights where he does not have the same offensive production, Sacramento struggles, and or Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes. You asked me to predict their scores. It's like mm-hmm. there's so much variance that could go on here. So a big thing for me is after De'Aaron and Domas, I don't know who I feel comfortable saying this guy's going to produce tonight.
2: Yeah. And that's a problem for the team too. And I know you had said a while back when we were talking about the trade deadline and would the Kings make a move. I I remember you were on and you gave a good example of a team like Denver that kind of, you know, did moves around the edges over a couple of years while identifying basically the core of the Joker with Murray and then Porter. And it's like, that's the group. And we'll find the others that kind of fit. And ultimately it turned into Gordon and turned into KCP and they won a championship. Um, I think Minnesota's done that a little bit. You know, they drafted Ant. They knew that was the guy. They already had Towns and the trade for Gobert. Conley kind of solidified it. And then these other pieces that wouldn't wow you one by one, but together you're like, that's it. I, I really wonder, to me, it seems like it's obviously Fox and Sabonis and likely Keegan. And then it's almost kind of. Up for grabs, would you say, going forward?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think the Minnesota comparison's great. Everybody's been pointing to Denver all year, mm-hmm. myself included. And recently, I started doing the same. I'm like, you know, Minnesota kind of did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they got so much flack for the Rudy Gobert trade. I was one. I didn't like it. I absolutely was, too. I remember yeah. at Summer League, after it happened, before they even played a game, everybody being like, why in the world? Yeah. And even one year in, but a little bit of patience, it's like, okay, this, this might be okay. And, you know, the deal still might not end up being great. It's still True. very TBD. But they did the same thing. And you, you look at the depth, right? You look at Davion Mitchell compared to Monte Morris or Chris Duarte compared to Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Alex Len compared to Nas Reed. Like, these consistent, reliable up- upgrades, I think, on that bench unit make a big difference. And even the consistencies of, you mentioned Mike Conley, say, compared to a Kevin Herter, mm-hmm. right? Or you could throw Jaden McDaniels, I guess, is the Keegan equivalent. Mm-hmm. And, and there's just... The Kings, it is a process, and I think that those two teams are ones that you can look at and kind of see where the Kings are at early in it. And to go back to the Denver one, current Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes sound a lot to me like Will Barton and Paul Millsap from a couple Mm -hmm. years ago for Denver. So it's it's a process, and I do overall think that the state of the franchise, we're talking long-term roster construction, they're in a good spot. They have flexibility, you have some core pieces— it's just complementary or improving the complementary pieces.
2: Yeah, and the off season, this last off season, wasn't that drastic, right? What, who's new? Javale, uh, Sasha, Chris, you yeah. know, Duarte. But it's not a, it's not an overhaul where this next one feels like there needs to be more movement. I, I mean, it has to be different. Yeah, I mean, to some extent, you know what I mean. Not like a full teardown by any right. means. But if you have those three that we identified, and maybe there's going to be some others that are still here, but. There's got to be some new blood, I think.
1: I definitely expect them to be aggressive. I think they were aggressive last deadline and last off season too. They also are extremely patient. Mm-hmm. Patient to the point where I think the fan base can get a little bit yeah. agitated. And my, my deadline before I'm like, you really need to do something, I think is, honestly, next trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And, again, I would like it to be this offseason. I think that would be more beneficial. But if you don't see something you love, complimentary pieces, sure. Right? Maybe some sixth guy six to eight you could go trade a couple seconds try to go get a guy or use your mle for example but when it comes to who is the next who's going to be the fourth guy on this team the assets that you use for that are going to handicap you to mm-hmm. so the point where that better be the guy yeah so if you don't fully believe in something this offseason then I'm okay with waiting till the deadline, but you might have your back up against the wall a little bit. I'm really looking at the Keegan Murray timeline of when he gets his extension. By the time he's on that deal, you better have a new contract in there already, just for financial reasons to make this all work. Mm-hmm. And so I- I'm willing to give it till next deadline. I I don't want to necessarily wait that long, yeah. and don't think it'd be the most ideal. But it has to be the right guy when we're talking about the big swing. You could still do some of those small other ones.
2: Yeah, and it's it's weird. Like, even when the Kings were rumored, like, for a guy like Siakam, like, ooh, that'd be intriguing. But then then I kind of went down that road and went, well, he would be better for this team, but would it be the move? Like, is that – because that's pretty much the move. Like, you're going that and saying, this is the group. Let's see if this is enough. And immediately those thoughts start coming to your mind. That That's a tough decision for Monty and, and crew.
1: Yeah, it's a it's an easy way to sort of backtrack you and things happen quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said a lot at the deadline, like the wrong move is a lot worse than no move. Mm-hmm. And you never know who's going to become available in the NBA. Like Laurie Market didn't seem very available or, well, maybe for a boatload of picks. Mm-hmm. But that could change this offseason. Yeah. Could Cleveland have another disappointing year and Evan Mobley becomes available, yeah. you know, or. Say Miami is out in the first round or doesn't out in the play-in. Does Jimmy Butler become available now? These are all sound like crazy hypotheticals. Yeah. But the NBA changes so fast it that does. you never know. So I think keeping your asset chest ready, available, and just try to jump on an advantageous situation yeah. where somebody wants to be relocated makes sense to me.
2: Yeah, and, and and I think there's probably four teams in the West. I would say I feel like the Lakers, Warriors, Clippers uh sons are kind of in an all in to yeah. win this year and they obviously all can't and maybe none will. What do they do if, you know, it's a first round exit or a play in exit or whatever, even whatever round exit, when you're all in and you don't get there, that's that's a tough spot to be in too.
1: Right. Or like everybody loved Royce O'Neill at mm-hmm. the deadline, myself included. Yeah. He's been great for Phoenix. What if he's able to come over on the MLE?
2: Yeah.
1: You know, for example, and then you have him long term and Phoenix was the one that looks a little weird for giving up assets for yeah. him. So, yes, I, I do think that these other teams have are on a quicker timeline. Mm-hmm. For the Kings, everybody's locked up three plus years except Malik Monk, which is a big TBD this yeah, offseason. For sure. But I think they have decent odds to bring him back. So there's not a reason to hurry quite yet yeah. like some of these other squads.
2: Uh, in the last segment, I was talking about something Sam Amick told us, uh, told me yesterday about, you know, the Kings, again, kind of the blanket statement. They're good, not great, kind of where they fit in the West. He goes, I just think they're not feared. And I said, yeah. no, that's probably true. I don't know that anybody fears Sacramento, but uh, I know you had done a piece earlier on Sacktown Sports about potential playoff matchups. So if they get to where they want to, who do you think would give them the best chance, as you see it, to see a second round?
1: Yeah, I'll say on the other side, I, I definitely agree with Sam. I don't think anybody's scared of the Kings. Yeah. But I think at the same time, I don't think the Kings are scared of anybody. I, think I would agree with that. They think that when we're playing we're best basketball, we yeah. can beat anybody. Which is a good thing. They, they should think that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's an important aspect of this. A lot yeah. of teams, I, I think more teams than people realize, yeah. go into a series thinking, God, we had no chance in yeah. this one. <laughs> so they believe. And it, it's. I think it's the team everybody's going to pick in that top four. But I think it's OKC for me. You know, I I don't see the same depth as I do with uh, Minnesota or maybe not Denver. Minnesota seems like one of the deeper teams in the league to me. But I think that the Sabonis and Chet matchup is really interesting to Mm -hmm. me. That both of those guys can take advantage of each other offensively. That's the type of guy that Domas has and does play well against. The more lengthy but thinner guards that he can kind of body. And then on the other end... OKC is going to play five out and try to pull Sabonis out of the paint. But I think that that matchup is advantageous for the Kings. And I think that De'Aaron Fox can keep up with SGA. I agree. I I think that those guys are a lot closer caliber than than maybe what a lot of gets talked about. Mm -hmm. And the lack of experience, I hate using that. But I do think that it plays a part here compared to some of these other rosters. I don't really want anything to do with Denver. That's the big no-go for me. Excuse me. I know they beat them. Three times. I but don't want anything fully to do healthy. with
2: it. Yeah, I mean, this was the time they were fully healthy. and Granted, the Kings weren't, but right. I think that was a slice of what it could
1: be. And, and the Kings' defense is bad this year, to be yeah. honest. And Jokic will just absolutely pick you apart. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with that. Clippers, struggling a little bit, they still scare me. So, the, the versatility, ability to abuse mismatches, which the Kings will have out there on the floor, whether that's Kevin Hurter, Harrison Barnes sometimes, Keegan Murray can struggle against some of those bigger guys at times. So... I think in order of the one I would prefer to not mm-hmm. from one to four, I'd probably go OKC. And then Minnesota and the Clippers are yeah. about the same for me. And then Denver, no thanks.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I, it's funny because a lot of people say, the Kings beat them three. I'm like, mm, don't no. look at that. Don't look at that. And no. one, who they were missing was significant. When their starters are together, Denver is lethal. I, I, The only thing I have a problem with Denver is their depth. When you get into a series – People are playing forty minutes. There's yeah. days off. Like they
1: they get killed when Jokic checks out the game. But we're talking about six eight yeah. minutes. and now it in might be less.
2: You know, with those longer commercials. Like right, true. Know, Malone yeah. will know if that's. I mean, if that's truly showing up, he'll he'll shrink those minutes. Totally. Down. Yeah. Um. And then you know, I, I think they're gonna do their part. I, I the way the schedule lays out, uh, it's going to get better, uh, at least. Competition-wise, this was a tough week, and that Miami game is still the killer because I think if if they got that one, Denver could have happened, and it's it's kind of fine. But now you're one and two on the week and underdogs tonight, and I think tonight would be a heck of a win if they got it. Like it, it's kind of changed the metrics, but just by losing to Miami.
1: And I think our feelings are going to change, like on a game by game basis. It will, you know, they're one and a half games out of fifth. Mm-hmm. They're also one and a half games out of tenth. Yeah, and it really feels like every team in that range except the Kings is rolling right now. Mm-hmm. But all it takes is this one win yeah. against the one seed. And then you come home and you beat Chicago. Right. And all of a sudden we're feeling great. Yeah. You know, and they could be sitting at fifth and we're like, oh, my gosh, maybe they're not going to be in the play. Yeah. You know, and that's what it felt like a couple days ago or, you know, those two games after the All-Star break yeah. that you mentioned. And then now everybody's like, oh, they're going to be in the play in or are they right. even going to be hosting in the play in or yeah. they're going to be 9-10. And it's like, yes, these other teams are rolling. But it changes extremely fast. It does.
2: Last night, like the Lakers almost lost in overtime to the Wizards. So, they've been like, oh, that's a terrible loss. They did. OKC
1: just lost to the Spurs. They
2: did. And that's a bad loss by double digits. So, you're going with the Spurs and have 11 wins and so i think we're going to do that every night where you kind of go in expecting something and if that doesn't happen it's a disappointment for that team
1: yeah and i think the reality is most teams in the west are dealing with that right now or at least in that five to 10 grouping that we were kind of talking about and then one to four in their own sort of race but i think that's just the reality of where we're at at this point in the season i think that maintaining an internal belief and a cohesive locker room will be important moving forward but Roll with what you know. Yeah. Like You you have your system in place at this point. I don't think that now is the time to try to finagle with all too many things. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that they can beat the good teams. So yeah. I, I think every team in the West is dealing with this. And if you ask me to predict where they're going to land in the play, and I genuinely could not tell you. Yeah. It is all over the place. And with how up and down this team has been specifically... I mean, there's, there's a world where they go on a win streak and end up fourth. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. not saying I'd bet on it. Right, I but would But it is still within the realm of possibility, yeah. and I don't think it's super unrealistic. So th- there's just going to be a lot of variance for sure, but a little four or five game win streak would be a would be a big one
2: here. Yeah, they could use that. Uh, by the way, Chris Biederman is reporting. He's got video of it, uh, De'Aaron, working out right now, going through the uh, shoot-around. So, there we I mean, go. But he did do that the other day. He did. And ultimately uh, did not play, but that to me is encouraging.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, like you said, the fact that he also did after the last game, Mm -hmm. also encouraging. He's somebody that gets beat up a lot. Yeah, He had the shoulder issue pre-All-Star break. He has an ankle issue that he's been dealing with since probably his second, third year in the league when he had that grade three. So having him healthy, I really think that the way the Kings win a playoff series is by De'Aaron Fox being the best player on the floor. Mm -hmm. So him healthy is probably priority number one for this team in my mind. So play it safe, but that is... Pointing to good signs. Yeah, that's where, I mean, it's probably not going to be
2: a scenario. I can't imagine this one happening, Brendan, where they can get to the last game 80, 81, 82, and they really can't change the stand. I mean, it's too close. I I mean, if they were in a luxury where like, hey, De'Aaron can sit the last two just because they're locked into six. Right. That would be great. I just can't see that scenario happening. They have to get into, because it's just too cluttered right now.
1: And of their four last games, OKC, New Orleans and Phoenix on a back to back. Those are home, right? Yes. Yeah. And then you got Portland to close the year. But OKC, New Orleans and Phoenix on a back to back is going to be a big time back to back to close the year. Yeah,
2: how are those not going to impact the standings, yeah. right? I mean, right. just I just in one way or the other for the Kings or for those teams, so people are going to be playing. Totally. Yeah. Um so tonight will be tough, just I mean my gut is saying tonight's going to be really tough for them to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, without De'Aaron specifically, if there is no De'Aaron, I I can't really picture it. It would take a really big Keegan and Domas night. In my mind, if they are out there, I think that forcing turnovers is going to be the big thing. That helps you out scoring on their defense that's great in the half court and also just limit their offense a little bit. You know, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards can get a little isolation heavy and not take the best shots, and they're good at making those. But try to force them into doing that and, and get some turnovers on the other end. Yeah.
2: Um. How about, um? but I don't feel good about the game. Yeah. But if he is there, then you think like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe more. 40, 60 in Minnesota's favor, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um. How about this question we had earlier in the show? I'd be curious. You're, so the Kings don't play this weekend, which is pretty rare, pretty cool for us that uh, cover this team on a regular basis. So if we did one of those rewatchables, you have to go back to kind of keep your juices flowing and watch one game from earlier this year to so fill your weekend hmm. void which game would you pick hmm and i hope it's not a loss
1: no 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 yeah, yeah i'm like going to pick the uh the Orlando double overtime <laughs> yeah. game with okay. No Palo. no i mean the Keegan 47 that's what i said like that's that was probably so one of the most of fun games of the year nowhere yeah. i mean
2: not keegan's capable of getting to 30 but the 47 was it's yeah. ridiculous. In,
1: in 11 threes in a row. And yeah. I think the one thing I'd be interested to watch is, from my recollection, it was all within the flow of the offense. Uh-huh. And one thing that I'm curious about with this Kings team is maybe sometimes you should not be so freelance and just uh-huh. run some set plays. Mm. But I'd be curious to go back and look at how did what how aggressive was he yeah. and what were the ways that he got it within the flow. Yeah. But that game was amazing. I man. think
2: there was one I remember, and it's when he's on the – heat. I mean, he's just going, and he kind of caught it in transition about – about four to six beyond the arc. But he was feeling it and just nothing oh, yeah. but net. And you're like, oh my gosh, what oh, yeah. is going on tonight? It was ridiculous. And it was fun. And,
1: and it's just one of those signs of he is one of the best shooters. Yep. You're seeing him take a little more mid-range this year. There's, there is dunk the other night. Potential. I still want to know what yeah. he
2: said I was when they come back to Monk. You know, Monk's the, the team creator yeah, yeah. and those two guys have a lot of fun with each other. And they're getting killed. But he said something that broke Malik, like made did him not laugh. So see I go, that. what did he
1: say? I did not notice that. Yeah, it's when he went yeah, we're the, have and to you, catch
2: know, it. you know Malik's laughing. You're like, oh, yeah. he must have said something. Uh, what else are you working on, you and Frankie? our insiders uh, on Sacktown Sports stuff that we can? Uh, follow coming up
1: yeah definitely looking at these potential playoff matchups these these top four seeds or even potential play-in matchups and what the kings need to do to sort of close out the rest of this season but I think I'm gonna about to write something a little bit about that Kevin Herter interview it was pretty mm. good I will say yeah Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner
2: uh, anything else I mean because that was the first time and I, it didn't sound like Kevin was like basically said I thought I could have been out there more like that wasn't like uh true vent or totally ticked off but this team really hasn't said a lot about that kind of stuff and that's the first time we've heard that
1: yeah that was post game um it was I I did kind of work to confirm a little I do think it was like a sense of agitation Mm -hmm. that he wasn't playing and no starters really played in that fourth quarter I guess Domas and Keegan played more than I understood personally but that game specifically is not a great example but I I might've said this earlier, 15 times this year, he's played less than 20. Mm -hmm. And that happened six times last year. Like I I get his frustration. He probably thought he found a new NBA home last year was great. He's the one that made up the name, the beam team, Mm -hmm. by the way, loved by the fan base. Everything's going great. And then you come into year two and it's like, all right, we're focusing on defense. There's a stretch where Chris Duarte's starting over him. He's got a shorter leash. And, um, in every single trade room possible. Mm-hmm. So I get the frustration, but I also get Mike Brown's perspective of we are trying to improve defensively. And this is the guy that teams target. So yeah. I, I think there has been like a slight, I guess, frustration with Herter a little bit all year that you could kind of sense. But again, I think that's understandable. And I think that can be honed the right way. Yeah. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean, Oh, this is infecting the locker room. Like, Kevin's getting in the way. Nothing like that yeah, at all. Yeah. Um, but it is I, I do think it's something to note.
2: And those were kind of the things
1: he was saying a little bit from that podcast. Um, no, the podcast was kind of a different direction. He talked just a little bit about his general like I didn't realize that how much he played baseball growing oh. up and went to school with a couple twins that were drafted in the first round. If I knew more about baseball, I'd probably know <laughs> the names better. Yeah. Um but getting traded to Sacramento and, and kind of all that process was, was a little more big picture. He called De'Aaron Fox one of the three best point guards in the league. Okay. I mean,
2: again, on the night tonight it's like you, right. know, you can make the stats and argument for him, but then other people would line up on right. – and you know, it's kind of like what people say about Sabonis. This is one I was surprised. I, I looked at this. I think it was CBS Sports was picking their all-NBA team, and I'm like, oh, without Joel B, like Sabonis is a lock. They didn't have him in the top mm. three. And then he made it last year. Yeah. But they're putting guys like AD in there, and I mean, he's great. Um, but I just thought, wow, how is Sabonis not in that this year? But yeah. it's
1: tough. I, I hope he makes all-NBA because I yeah. thought he should have made all-star. Yep. And again – Who's he replacing? I probably would have went like Paul George mm-hmm. or I don't. I mean, AD is playing amazing. They're yeah. also a ten seed. Yeah. which I guess Kings are eight right now, right. so not I much don't really. Anymore. Yeah, but he missed out on one point three million in yeah. not making the All Star team. He's got the exact same one point three if he makes All NBA. He got both last year. I think he deserves to get at least one. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at.
2: Brandon, thank you so much. Good luck on your picks. And, Hope. Uh... Yeah, keep my fingers <laughs> crossed. And uh, we'll keep uh, checking out. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you. That's uh, Brendan Nunez, Sacktown Sports, Kings Insider. Still to come Friday, fun of games tonight. What to watch in the Western Conference besides the Kings and the impact in the standings. We've got that coming up next on Sacktown Sports.
3: Our Michael Dave show with Jason Ross.
1: Call or text at 916-339-1140. On Sacktown Sports.
2: We're having our own fun and games here in studio. Friday fun and games. Oh, wow. We're coming up here in just a few moments. That's You know why, Chris? Why it snuck up on me? We're having a blast. Told you. Yep, that's what we said to do from the beginning. Thanks again to Brendan Nunez joining us, Sacktown Sports, Kings insider. It was okay. Oh, no, it was great. We have landed on kind of the game to watch is either the Keegan-Murray 47-point game or maybe the Warriors' comeback that the Kings had on them and Malik's game winner. As games, if you had to rewatch. One game to fill your king's void of an open weekend after tonight's game against Minnesota, what would you watch? But if not, you know, enjoy yourself. Have a blast this weekend. I think. Do we have more rain this weekend again? I think we're supposed to. Maybe I won't get uh, stuck in the rain like I did yesterday out in my walk, farthest part away from the house, and just boom, poured on. Big
4: match this weekend. What do we got? Oh, tell us. Sunday. Sunday. Manchester City. Manchester United. Where where are you watching this? I'm going to be watching it at the Manchester United bar. Which is?
1: I don't okay. know if I want to give that.
4: Okay, out. don't give it up. <laughs> um, I've got to. If be- you
2: know, you know. Um, I've got to believe. Is there a Man City bar? No.
4: How do you know? Because I would know. Okay. I've had a couple people ask me to start one, but I mean.
2: I mean a man, uh, so Man United, Man City bar. You said there's only the Man United bar. Yeah, it's a Man United, Tottenham bar. Okay.
4: Oh, but you could be responsible for starting the City bar. I've been asked to start it by a couple of people, uh-huh. but that's like a lot of work, and you have to go there every single weekend. What makes it a lot of work? You have to. You can't like, you can't, can't take miss. a weekend off. Like if I'm going somewhere, like I've got to make sure that people are going to be there, and it's one of those things because like if you're a bar. You don't want to open at 7 a.m. for two, for two people.
2: people. Yeah. Is the uh, the
4: ambiance good at this place? Uh, they're kind of jerks, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like them. Do you eat there? They've you got food. Watch, I don't but... eat there, but they got food. Okay. Drink? You know it. That early? <laughs> of course. Five o'clock somewhere. Get <laughs> it to taste like coffee. Hmm. Gross. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, what to watch tonight before we get you to Friday, fun and games in our final segment. And there will be a birthday element to it. That is our hint going into it. Uh, tonight, of course, right here on Sactown Sports, you got the Sacramento Kings against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Also, of note, from the top 10 in the Western Conference, you've got the Warriors in a back-to-back. They're at the Toronto Raptors tonight. Uh, Chris, we haven't done this yet. Let me do a quick check. What is your... Prediction on the Kings and Timberwolves point spread.
4: Well, Minnesota was seven and a half. So I'm Denver say, was. Yeah, Denver was. So I'm going to say Minnesota, seven and a half.
2: Close. Six and a half. Really? No love for the top seed, 42 and 17 Timberwolves. Hmm. Um, you've got the Warriors at the Raptors. The Mavericks are at the Celtics. So uh, there's an opportunity there for Sacramento. Obviously, if the Kings can win tonight. And Boston beats Dallas. The Kings would leapfrog ahead of them. Um, You've got the Pacers at the Pelicans. They have played a a home and home. This one is in New Orleans tonight. That one will be tipping off at the same time as the Kings. And the last one, the Wizards at the Clippers. You know, I just, I don't know that we know. I guess maybe we're poking fun at Marvin Bagley. They better not beat the Kings when they face them. God, I can't believe Marvin Bagley's individual record this year playing all those games that he played for the the Pistons, and then the Wizards, he is just on a horrific, horrific regular season record in the games he's played this year. Baseball, any curiosity in spring training, you can get that covered with the uh, Royals and A's and the Giants versus the Rangers. All right, it's that time. Friday, fun and games. Let's close out the week with some fun style here. We'll have that uh, celebrity birthday edition. You'll uh, get the explanation of that coming up next on Sacktown Sports.
1: We have finally made it to Friday.
3: Let's end your week the right way with Friday fun and games
0: on the Carmichael Dave show with Jason Ross.
2: was a shorter break, but we're ready to go. At least C dub is. Chris Watkins in studio. Here comes Big Al. A sizzle. A sizzle. A sizzle or big al? And you're good. Are you good with C dub? Uh no. Okay, but that's well, fine. then I'm not doing that. <laughs> well,
0: I'm that's not never doing stopped. It. it stops me. Bosses in the past.
2: Yeah, it's not stopping. It's stopping me. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. I did hear that story, and I go, he didn't like it.
0: Uh, it was just not something I'd been called before. Okay, and uh, just when just, it
2: came up the other day, it had a ring too. Yeah, but yeah, if, yeah. if it's not acceptable,
0: no. Jay Rizzle. I mean, it does <laughs> what about fit.
3: C Watt.
0: No, that's great. That's that's the, great. C
3: Watt over C Dub. I think <laughs> C-Watt. I mean, you guys
0: are literally like that's my that was my childhood nickname. Like, I think that, C Dub's better
4: called. than C Watt.
0: Well, C Watt. Talk to my family watt. about it. C Watt hundred watt.
2: If he doesn't like it, like a light bulb, he doesn't like
3: it. Oh no, what's this?
2: Uh, that's our Friday Fun of Games. It's a birthday grid. You guys ready? We're just going to mm-hmm. jump into it today. Mm-hmm. We've got okay. a grid of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 35 names. These are people either having a birthday today oh, man. or this weekend. Okay. And uh, Let's pick a number between 1 and 10. I've got the number in my head.
4: Alan, what's your number?
2: What's 4, your 7. Chris?
4: Chris? Your uh, Namar Garcia-Para, 5.
2: Uh, Alan was the closest, so we'll go Alan, Chris. Chris? Oh. Uh, Wait, which Chris? C. what? <laughs> To Verlade. uh, This first round, and again, this is all brought to you by our friends at uh, Crumble Cookies, Celebrity Birthdays. Oh, we get the music, too, uh, for a Friday Fun and Games version of this. Birthdays are made to be spent with family and friends, and nothing brings family and friends mm. together better than Crumble Cookies. So, round one, uh, you're trying to guess closest to the exact birth date. If you get it, you get three points. If you miss by it as many years off, then it's a minus. You try to be okay. closest to positive or zero. I feel good about today. So we're going to keep I like the these list. Names. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I won't even read the names. You'll, you'll be able to guess. Alan, since you are first, you are on offense in round one. Of the 35 names that are there, having yeah. a birthday either today, tomorrow, or Sunday, yep. uh, pick your person that you think you are going to be most accurate on.
3: I think I will do. I think I'll do – I might regret this, but I think I'll do Bieber.
2: Justin Bieber celebrating mm. a
3: birthday. What is your guess for Biebs? My guess for Biebs is 27.
2: Okay, 27. We keep our score down here. Alan, you are minus three. He's 24? He's 30. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. 24.
0: I did not – wow.
2: <laughs> okay, so Justin Bieber off the list – C. Watt, Chris Watkins. You have the rest of the field to pick the one you think you're most comfortable with.
0: I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. Jason
2: Tatum of the Boston Celtics. How old is Tatum?
0: I'm going to say today is... um, And Remember, you
2: get plus three if you're exactly right.
0: Yeah, it's either he's 25 or 26. Uh, We knew Luca, I believe, turned 25, and Halliburton was 24 the other day. Or six, yeah,
2: on leap day. Anyway. Yeah, don't help him.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna say Jason Tatum is twenty-six years old.
2: Twenty-six. Jason Tatum 25. is twenty-six plus three. A six point lead already over Big Al. Um, let's go for Chris Laud. You're on offense here. You can pick
4: whoever you'd like. Jessica Beale is turning forty two, and you can just give me the points now.
2: <laughs> Jessica Beale is turning forty two. He says it with confidence. Jessica Beale is turning. Forty-two. Oh, my God. How, Plus wait, three. What? What?
0: That's the one that <laughs> the you're just...
2: stunner. Let's do another round of offense. Alan, you're the only one in the negative at the moment, but you're not Great. out of this by any means. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> is it the hat? Probably. Mm, I don't know. Your brain's too warm.
3: <laughs> Let's go with... This is another... Yeah. You the don't one have you're to make it certain. hard. I'm not certain on any of them. I'm going to go...
2: Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Okay, how old is Tyreek Hill? 31. 31. Good guess. Only minus one. He's 30. Okay. So there you go. Alan, very, Both very well. Both 30s. Left. Yes, gotcha. Huh. You're at minus four.
4: Mm-hmm. Man, I wouldn't think Justin Bieber and Tyreek Hill are the same age. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. A bunch of names still left on this list.
0: I'll pick Tua.
2: Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. What do
0: you got? I'll say Tua's 25.
2: Tua is 25. Very close. Minus one. He's 26. Wow. Oh, okay, him and
0: Jason Tatum. Same age.
2: Christopher Laud. On our celebrity birthday list, on our grid. What you got?
4: Mark Paul Gossler turns 50, and you can give me the points now. Wow. He says that with confidence. You don't even know who that is. You don't know who that is? No. Wow. That's Morris. Know who
2: Zach from Morris Saved is by the bell. Ah, uh, yes. I don't that know that who that is. S- screech? Well, in the same show. Yes. Zach well Morris done. a screech. <laughs> uh, Mark Parle, Gosselaar. What did you say, Chris? 50. It was 50 and give you the points. Uh, how about we give you the points? He is 50. What?
4: Chris Rolod. At least,
2: at at least at six. Touch huh? grass. You, Chris, cr- you, cr- see, you can see what
4: my uh, childhood was doing as seeing people's birthdays that I liked when I was a kid.
2: <laughs> All right. Well... Here's where it gets interesting.
4: That's right. Now I have a chance.
2: Now let's play some defense. Okay. That's right. Alan, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell me who you want to give the opponent to. You yeah. Know, the name to.
3: Yeah, sorry, Chris, but, you know, I got to do it. Which Chris? Oh, oh, I get to choose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we need to knock him down. Yes, well, we do. Well, now this gets – oh, I know I know where to go from
2: here. But you can only get – I mean, you're the first opportunity. It, like, if you pick Chris for Lod, Chris Watkins will have to pick – you.
3: That's fine. Do I
0: have to? Yeah. That's
3: fine. I'm going to go with. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah. Wander Franco. Four. For? For Chris Verlot.
4: Okay. <laughs> this is where it gets
0: tough.
4: <laughs> is he old? Wander <laughs> ah! <laughs> Franco. 40? 40. Okay. Alan. <laughs> That's Excellent. how it is
2: done. Excellent choice. That is how it's done. Chris got hit with
4: a sledgehammer. <laughs> Woo! Minus. Oh, I was thinking of. Okay. You were thinking, yeah, I know who you are thinking Julio of. Julio Franco? Yeah. Probably. yeah. Minus
2: <laughs> 17. Oh That's my how God. you do it. Game oh, yeah. changer. That's how you do yeah. it. See, you're
4: supposed to say it's not Julio Franco when you're doing <laughs> no, the birthday. No, I, I well, yeah. All right. So,
2: see what you yeah. have to give one to Alan then. Oh, okay. Come on.
0: Come on! By the um, way,
2: Chris Watkins, you are in first place right now at the moment.
0: Well, you didn't need to publicize that. <laughs> um, we'll go with.
2: But Verlad's getting you next, just so you
0: know. Yes, so uh, I got to play a little bit of defense here myself, and that we hadn't understand. I'm <laughs> gonna go. You guys are partners. <laughs> yeah. I'll go. Uh, I'll go with Phil Swift. Come on,
3: man! Do you know who that is? No. Taylor's dad.
2: Do you guys want a hint? I think it's fair. You can't that-
4: say that. You can't tell him anybody who he is.
2: Okay. <laughs> I put Somebody this one just on just got because I 17. laughed.
0: Do you know who it is, Chris? No. <laughs> is it not Taylor Swift's dad? Not to my knowledge. Okay.
3: I'm just gonna, gonna go and I'm you. just gonna go in the middle and pray. I'm gonna say 58.
2: 58 prayers are pretty good for you. Minus five. All right. That's,
3: that's, that's definitely three. doable. Now, Berlod, Swift? Bill Swift
2: is a guy you guys probably see all the time on television. He's the flex seal, the guy that does <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Are you serious? I've yeah. always wanted to
2: get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just laughed at, I saw that
4: guy's birthday. Go, I'm putting that on there. All right, C-Dub. Barium.
2: Tell C-Watt. us
0: how
4: old Julie Bowen is.
0: I don't even know who that is. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Dang. Julie Bowen. Uh... I, I don't even see that. Is that on this list? Yes. Uh, Are, we sure Are we sure about that? Are we sure about that? Left side left in middle. the middle. Okay. Um okay. Yeah, that name is screaming like a uh, a 52. God.
2: Smart. Smart. <laughs> Be careful in there. Uh <laughs> good job. Well done.
4: 54.
2: Yeah. That's right. Two. That's She's right. She's from the show Modern Family. Y- yep. She was
4: it. on She was in Happy Gilmore. She was. Yep. And, um, and also so, horrible bosses. Me too. Let's, uh,
2: let's revisit this after three rounds. Uh, Alan, you're at minus nine. CWatt is at even. Mm. And Chris Verlod, minus it's 11. Like golf. Minus 11. All right, now we're going to go uh, offense again, but from last to first. So, Chris Verlod, you get to go first.
4: Ooh, I don't like that. Mm. Let's go with Chris Martin. Okay. He is... Forty
2: two. Alright, he is turning forty-seven. Oh, minus man. five for you. Mm. Alright. Uh, Alan, you're in second place currently, so you get to go on offense and pick someone from the grid. Celebrating birthday today, tomorrow, or this weekend. That's
3: right. That's right. Sunday, excuse me. Let's see here. I'm going I'm going to go with this is a tough one. I'm going to go with Cam Johnson of the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. And not that I'm very familiar, but I feel like I can be, can be close. Close. I just think with a, with an NBA player, 25 is always safe. That's what you're going 25. with,
2: 25? All right. Cam Johnson is turning 28 minus 3. Really? Yeah. That would surprise me a little bit too. See watt Yes, sir. Close out this round yep. with a offensive pick.
0: I'm going to go with Jamar Chase.
2: Jamar Chase, wide receiver, okay.
0: Uh, I'm going to say Jamar is turning 24 today.
2: Jamar Chase is turning 24 today. CWAT three. (sighs) Nailed it. Wow. Okay. This next round.
0: It's awful quiet back there.
2: (laughs) I thought you didn't want to publicize it. This next round is my choice. Allen. Oh, come on. Can I tell you
4: who to make uh, Chris pick?
2: Um, No. Uh, Alan, let's go. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna have a theme to this round. If I pull, yeah, we will. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be the football round. Alan, okay. um, Isaiah Pacheco.
3: Isaiah Pacheco,
2: is he twenty six? Uh, minus one. He is twenty five. Well done. Seawatch. Uh, yes, sir. Let's go with Sebastian Janikowski. Oh
0: yeah, let's do it. Seabass uh, bass is forty three. Now he's confident. This is the most confident I've ever heard of. Come him. on.
2: He's what? Forty three. Uh, minus three. He is forty six. He played for a long time. Um, Chris Verlod, Let's go with Big Ben Roethlisberger.
4: Ben Roethlisberger is forty four. Minus two. He has forty
2: two. Okay, good job there, guys. Uh, we'll go back to uh, another defensive round. Alan, will have you go first on this one, and you can pick for whoever you'd like. Chris. Watkins?
3: Watkins. Now that I know what he's going to try to do, Hmm. I'm trying to think, all right, where should we go here? But I'm going to go with Yolanda Griffith.
4: (laughs) Big mistake.
0: Big yo. Uh, We'll say she's 50 today. I'm just praying that she's at
2: least 60. She is not. She is definitely <laughs> not? not. She is 54. Come minus four. On. I'll take All that. All right. See uh, what? You're good. Yeah. Um, for either one.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I'll have Alan. Uh, oh, wait. You know what? You have to give it to Chris. Now that I think oh, about for it. For sure. Yeah. Sorry. Chris, Chris has to give it to Alan. I'll give uh, Chris Verlaude. Uh, we will give him our good friend Lupita Nyong'o.
4: She is 36 years old.
0: That's a good guess. 36
4: years old for Lupita Nyong'o. That's where we're at now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't find her
2: on my list. Oh, there she is. What did you say, Chris? 36.
4: That's 36. It is off by five. Oh, 41. 31? Oh, Ooh, wow. Yeah, how about that? Chris That's for Laud, now for Alan. Okay, so to beat Chris, I need to give something Alan that he needs. Ah. That he will get, <laughs> and I, oh, I think
0: see. there's one on there.
4: You will know mm-hmm. how old. Uh, how old is Camila Cabello? Oh, Thank are, you, no.
1: but
3: I, it's I know I know we know the vicinity. Okay. I'm not going to get burned
2: by 30 again, so I'm going 30. Okay, minus three, 27.
4: God
0: dang it. All right,
2: do we have time for the last round?
0: Yeah. No, right.
2: no or yes? No. Oh, all right. Chris well. wins. Mm. Yeah.
0: Should have had him pick a Roldis Sha- Garcia.
2: see uh, what you're our winner. How do you feel?
0: Feels great. Feels yeah. super. Uh, you know, I, I would like to say I didn't expect it, but yeah.
2: <laughs> We left off. Who do we miss? Who would you guys fearing? Luke Holmes? John
4: bon I wanted to know how old. I wanted uh, Chris to guess uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, yeah. I would, that would, I would have been love a, to guess So that. Is, is Ron Howard her dad?
3: Yeah. They got the same birthday. Her yeah. Da- yeah, yeah. Same weekend. Should have went with Jackie Joyner, cursey that w- That's
0: just no idea. Method Man? Method yeah. Man is
2: probably 50s. 52 now. Right. Ooh. 53. Okay. Well done. All right. <laughs> these guys are coming up next. Styles and Watkins. Happy Friday. All right. Here on Sacktown Sports.